0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis with you here. Uh, obviously, not a great week in Rockland. Not a great result on Saturday night. 12-7 loss to the Georgia Swarm. Drops the Rocks record to 5-5. Five and five. And uh, the East Division is a little bit tight now, wouldn't you say, KD? It's
1: very tight. It's going to be an interesting uh, stretch drive here. Back half, to the se- or back half of the season to see how this plays out.
0: So... Wow where do we start with this game so you know Toronto in the first half didn't look too bad Um, but then the scoring drought began early in the second quarter and the Rock went 32 and a half minutes exactly between goals as they scored early in the uh, second quarter and then uh, about what was it a handful of minutes or so into the fourth quarter um I don't think you can chalk it up to oh Tom Schreiber's out whatever I mean when you get over 50 shots in a game and only come come away with seven goals and even that last goal I'd almost even just wipe it off the board to me it was almost just it was a 9-6 game kind of thing in my mind a little bit more than it was a 12-7 game Um, Georgia got those couple of goals uh, to make it to 11-6 and then 12-6 with the empty netter before Toronto got that last goal on the board, but um, you know the Rock were this game was it was just like that <laughs> that carrot that ring whatever it is that you're chasing you just can't quite reach. And as the game was going on, it just appeared as though the Rock offense was snake bitten on one side. I can't take anything away from Mike Poolen; he did play well. He played well, but I, I just still seem to think that if the Rock would have shot a little bit better this might have been a very different game.
1: Yeah that's where that's what I was kind of thinking as well not in terms of I mean you know thinking back maybe a couple times that I rec- I can recall that the on the offense at uh, maybe what would have been third quarter it felt like there was a couple looks you know we're trying to make passes or force passes or Robbie right in the in the slot, I guess if you, will. I don't know, it's called the slot in lacrosse, but sure. right, right in the slot, <laughs> and you know, kind of passing it off or and then it, it felt like you know there would be some shots that the offensive players, you know, they, they'd get it, they'd the windup was there, and I know for myself when you when you you get a great opportunity, you know, you, you kind of overlook and you, you just bury it in his logo, and and it's a terrible feeling, nothing worse than that, but it just that seemed to be the story of the night for the most part for the offense i mean at the start of the game toronto comes out flying robbie hellier scores a beautiful goal right off the bat i thought the second goal that went through Poulin, he got a piece of it i thought you know georgia on the back-to-back here Poulin hasn't made a save yet we're up two nothing i thought maybe we not not in line for for a big one but things were things were going our way this this particular evening and uh you know once uh Georgia settled in. I think Matisse got them on on the on the score sheet there, and uh, you know the game played out how it did. But uh, one goal in whatever you know thirty-two minutes or between goals is obviously not something you strive for, or not going to cut it. But to touch on the Tom Schreiber thing, I don't. I still think Tom Schreiber not in this offense right now. This is still an NLL offense. There's still a lot of great players in this offense. It's it's not. Like the obviously, Tom is a big part of the team, but there's still a lot of other very capable, you know, very good lacrosse players on this roster up front. That uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure left that game not feeling too great about the uh, the outcome on the scoreboard.
0: Yeah, and we talk so much about the three-headed monster being Jones, Hellyer, and Schreiber, but you know, remove Schreiber from this equation, you know, you throw Brett Hickey's mm-hmm. head on that monster at the same time, and you're throwing a guy who's had 50 goals, who's had 45 goals. Like, there's another guy that you know, even though Schreiber's out of the lineup, you can still say there are three you know elite level scorers in this lineup, and that uh, you know it's not far fetched to think that, like you're saying, that they should still be quite productive despite Tom Schreiber not being in the lineup, and that certainly was not the case. Like you say, that the looks were there. I felt like, and you know, the one thing we haven't talked about yet is obviously. The power play in the late going of the third quarter that rolled over into the fourth, I believe it was. And, you know, to have that five on three and then the five on four, to me, a five on three in lacrosse is kind of, it's a little bit overrated. I don't think it's like a five on three it's in a, hockey. It's a one man advantage. Right? It's yeah, a four on it's three. It's now a four on three, exactly. And, you know, I think, you know, usually the key to that is really quick ball movement to open up a guy. And, it seemed like the ball was moving quick at times during that stretch but the guys weren't catching it or the passes were going you know into a uh awkward spot we'll say it there was some the passing the ball movement just wasn't quite there I think on that man advantage I guess is what I'm trying to say and just didn't cash in just didn't cash in on opportunities and this was a game where you know you hold Georgia to to nine goals for over 50 minutes and What else can you ask for really on the defensive side and you know they got those couple goals you know there was the too many men call the illegal substitution sorry technically that went against the rock uh you know later in the fourth quarter as well and and georgia capitalized pretty quickly on that so it was there was a lot of those little things where it was you know they got through the you know the brock Sorensen double minor there you know they got through that so it it just it seemed like one of those games again like i say it was it was right there it was right there and you just saw so many times, great looks. Maybe a pretty easy save for pooling.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And obviously, the power play that was a big turning point. It, it felt like, you know, when when we got that opportunity, at least myself and I think others around the arena, I, I had to feel that all right, this is we're going to get the door. So we're, gonna yeah, we're going to get yeah. going here now. This is this is an opportunity, and we we got to take advantage of this and you know for and then the five on three or the four on three however you want to you look at it i mean four on three still i think you should be getting great looks on a four on three still right from the top if they're playing like two at the back one at the, at the top there uh but just like you mentioned it seemed that we seem to catch a lot of logo on uh, on pool and he did make some good saves other p- parts of the game there was some uh, some good saves no doubt uh but this by no means, you know, I was, I was hearing people or fans kind of putting this on Rosie at some, like this has nothing to do with Rosie this particular game. He was, you know, he did his job just as well as he could have that game, right? Uh, it's This was on the offense, I think, just not finding a way to bury a couple more goals. And not every game's going to be, you know, 15 to 20 goals. You can, it could be a tight game. Like you say, it was a 9-6 game. Even Georgia, if you, you know, count it like that at nine isn't an offensive outburst by any means it's just that's how that particular game went uh, i thought rosie played well i thought the defense played well it's just unfortunate that uh you know it seems to be the case sometimes it's it's tough to get all cylinders firing on you know at, at once you know how many times have you seen a game where if we got a stop here this would have been different or if the d you know Made a stop here, or if the offer like just to get them all three in sync at once. It's 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 a team effort, I guess is what I'm getting at here. And uh, you you know you win and lose as a team. Um, obviously, this one uh, kind of stings a bit, back to back in division to the same team, but you move on. You got a big one this week.
0: And you know what? You look around. <laughs> you look around the East Division, and uh, you kind of just sit there and think you know almost everybody every team is probably walking into their locker room this week at practice to say you know everybody's either a game below at 500 or a game above here nobody can be truly jacked about where their team sits right now and we're just past the halfway point of the season and I think everybody's message probably at practice is the almost the same as like which side are you guys want to end up on here do you want to you know end up on the good side here with an above 500 record or do you want to be below 500 and be hoping for help or possibly on the outside looking in for the playoffs i mean i don't think there's anybody that walks in this week and says all right i'm happy with where we're at you know personnel wise maybe uh performance wise all these kind of things you know there's tons of obviously head-to-head matchups to come for everybody on the rest of the schedule too it's Like every single team, I feel like in the East is in the exact same boat. Everybody like we talked about last week, everybody's had their little run, everybody's had their setbacks, but now it's almost like, you know, here we go. We're we're into March now. The end of the season is kind of in sight, being the end of April. And now it's like I can't see any team, any coach in this East Division walking in to their locker room this week and saying you know, here we go, boys. Like I'm happy with where we are. Like let's ride this wave of the first half into the second half. I don't think there's there's no one.
1: No doubt, I I agree, and I think
0: you know. Even if you look, sorry to interrupt, but like even if you look at Georgia. Like even though they got the win on Saturday night, like they lost on Friday, yeah. right? A game that they were up by a couple goals in the fourth quarter and lose by one. Like they can't be totally happy. And like you're saying, their offensive output nine goals like through. You know, like over 50 I mean, minutes.
1: The loss they put up. They lost 11-10 the night before. Yeah. 10 isn't. You know, you're not winning many games with a 10 spot yeah. in, in this league. And yeah, I agree. I think not that. You know, every team's coming in and they got to be saying we got to. You, you know, obviously stick to our system, stick to our game plan here. But we got to find a, another level, or we're going to be on the outside looking in. I think yeah. personally. Um, and, and it's crazy how tight this is and you mentioned all the division games we got new england coming up two in a row just massive games uh for the schedule maker this yeah. couldn't have gone any better <laughs> right just yeah uh, from from the eastern perspective side uh so it's going to be interesting to watch this all play out um yeah kind of as a lacrosse fan and obviously you know we're dialed into to the toronto rock here but from a lacrosse fan stepping away i think this is this is fun this is uh this is what makes the game fun and you know, we talk about it every time on this show. We don't know what's going to happen, and, and and it keeps continuing on, and it's just shocking us the weekly. So it's uh, it's fun to fun to watch.
0: It's fun and frustrating as heck at the same time. It is because right?
1: you think you got a pulse and you don't.
0: Even if you look at Toronto's ten games right now, we've talked about this in the office here. You know, you've got, you know, they're five and five. So you take. The five wins, you got four where they were dominant and one that they had to grind out against Rochester. The four losses, you got one that goes to overtime that they lose to Georgia, and then you have four others really where the offense was not where you wanted it to be in any of those games really. So it's like you couldn't, this season right now couldn't be more 500 if you tried. Like you couldn't script this any other way where you're like you're so good in your wins, You're not good in your losses overall. And then you've got two coin flip games where you won one and you lost one. Like it's about as middle of the road as you can be, and that's where I go back to this message this week that's going to I think be around the around the East here is it's time guys. Like this is we've we've had our we've had our ups and downs and we're not out of it, but we're also not in a very good spot. You know, which you know, take half glass half full, glass half empty but you've got a chance to fill up the glass here the second half of the season regardless of the way you look at it. So I, I just – it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, and with the
1: way this East goes and everyone's beating everyone and how tight it is, if you are that one team to catch maybe a two, three-game heater – you're you're set. You've separated yourself though, yeah. and it's just a just a couple good we- weeks strung together here. And you've probably separated yourself a bit in in terms of the jockeying of position. And you know you're not one game away from fifth or half a game away from first. You've kind of maybe probably taken that next step to elevate. And that's just how tight it is. And it, who, who's going to take that run? I guess. And who's going to get hot for a couple weeks here and kind of say enough's enough? We want to you know classify ourselves as the the creme de la creme here.
0: Well, even you look at the rest of the schedule. you got four four games left in March. You take three out of four. You think, whoa, you're wrong. But you're still only eight and six. Yeah. And like you say, you, you probably have, given the way things have gone, you've probably separated yourself into a top two spot more than likely, given the opponents. Because you're going be to be beating New England and yeah. people in division. And, but you're still only eight and six at the end of that. Like it's it's crazy for sure it's nuts it is
1: it's uh, it's fun but from where we were two years ago you know this is I think this is (laughs) a lot more fun this is a lot more fun to be honest uh, to be tracking it this way so it's you know take what what you get here as a fan and enjoy it
0: and we'll talk about the rest of the teams in the league later on in the show Um, anything else we want to touch on from Saturday night overall I thought uh, what else what else the crowd was great
1: yeah, great crowd. The lower bowl looked real good. Yeah, ten thousand plus. Backley Construction night. I, I mean, I think the the night overall, you know, was good. I think Backley, you know, was happy with it. There was a good crowd. It, Saturday night, there seemed to be a good vibe. I thought in the arena, you know, earlier half of the game first game at the air canada center in a month so it felt people were in good moods happy to be there you know they brought the family out the friends out people were having a couple drinks it just the atmosphere i thought was good it's it's unfortunate from a you know rock perspective even like a player or the team perspective you want uh, from an office person you want everything going fire on all cylinders (laughs) right you want a big win you want ten thousand plus you want the fans happy Um, but that's not the case and that's you know we get back to work and try and figure it out this week
0: Yeah, we hope to get to that, uh, you know, 10,000-plus again on Sunday afternoon for uh, the charity game, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in the second half of the show as well. All right, we're going to take a short break now, and then uh, when we come back, we've got a couple of guests lined up here for you. Jamie Dowick, the owner, president, and general manager of the team. Trade deadline getting close, Monday, March 19th, 3 p.m. is the trade deadline. And also we have the one and only number 20 Bradley Cree will be stopping by as well so stick with us lots more to come on Toronto Rock Total Access. Come on. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here we now welcome in studio with us the owner president and general manager of the Toronto Rock Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm okay, Mike. That's how you good. doing? That's good. If we could only see your the entrance or your that would be great. Well I'm come just across thinking If I
2: ever become a WWE wrestler, like I gotta have an entrance, right? What be. would you so-
0: what would you like, would you want one of those custom, uh, Like a custom made right tune now? or like is there a song that you would want to enter to? Like a Man. regular mainstream
2: probably want a custom tune. Yeah. I think that's a pretty time. Would you
0: maybe. be a... A baby face or a heel? Oh, I'd be or a gray guy, like in the middle?
2: I'd probably be a baby face, I think. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, you <laughs> You're know. one of the good guys?
0: Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Finishing move?
2: I haven't thought about that. Maybe the, something to do with being fired or something like that. <laughs>
0: Would you be a high
2: flyer? You know what? I'm I don't sorry. know where you're trying to go with this. Let's talk some cross here. Right. I thought it was fun. Yeah, right. that was okay. Okay.
0: All right. Well, then, let's take it back, and this won't be so fun. We'll talk about Saturday night's game, and uh, just, uh, you know, I guess just your take on things. Obviously, a game where the offense doesn't uh, – You know do well but at the same time you're in a 9-6 game late in the uh you know in the fourth quarter with a chance still to uh to do some damage
2: yeah it wasn't our best performance of the year that's for sure didn't didn't I I don't know I just I didn't I didn't love it didn't love it didn't like it didn't feel like we played with um you know the desperation and, and and you know the the need that we needed to and um it was a huge game, and we needed we needed to win that one. And we had a great crowd there, and and we didn't get it done. And we had a lot of opportunities, had a lot of power plays. I mean, you know that. Yeah, the the offense went real quiet there for a long time, and and um, it was a battle. We've struggled with them the last couple weeks, um, which is frustrating because you know I know all the other teams in our division have. have beat them by 10 goals each, I think, all three of them. So, um, you know, I, I still look at them as the defending champion, and, you know, I can only go by what we've seen out of them the last two weeks. But I also take my hat off to them. They, they played real well in both those games, and and two big wins that they needed and, and they got. So um, I'm just disappointed. You know, 10 weeks in, we sit here, 500 Um, and the five wins we've been pretty darn good and look like one of the best teams in the league and the five losses you know we've looked pretty bad Um, so we need we we need some more consistency here and we need we need to be better than a 50-50 shot to whether we show up and play great or show up and don't play well.
0: Where do you think things went wrong for the offense I mean uh, the power play a great opportunity of the third quarter there and um a five on three a five on four um obviously lots of people pointing to just the lack of Tom Schreiber in the lineup but as we've talked about many times there are still several capable competent uh, offensive players in this lineup but you know just uh, maybe talk about that power play chance and that you know that five minute stretch there where it seemed like the door kind of swung open
2: yeah I mean you know we we had kind of lost momentum at that point in the game, in my opinion, like to be that was kind of like okay, you know, as bad as we've kind of been here over the last 15, 20 minutes, whatever it might be. Now we've got a chance, and and we just couldn't get it done, whether we were hitting posts or Pulley was making great saves or, or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, do we miss Tom? Sure, we miss Tom. Tom Tom's an MVP candidate in this league and and one of our best players, and and we miss him, but. You know that's no excuse I mean um, you know we went 32 minutes without a goal in that game so uh, just not good enough you know um, just gotta just gotta find a way to be better Uh, and and when you go you know when you go certain streaks like that without a goal I mean you're just you're just killing your defense I mean I think there was one point in that game where we went like five minutes without a true offensive possession like you know uh, it's just it's frustrating because because we're better than that but like i said earlier consistency you know are are, are we the team that in our five wins has looked like we can beat anyone and maybe even handily or are we the team in our five losses that you know seems to struggle to score goals and and you know giving up lots of goals so um Disappointing, you know, but uh, you know, got a few few favors around the league, and you know, we find ourselves in a position here where you know everything's still in front of us, and and we got practice tonight here, and we got a huge two in a row here against New England, so uh, we've got a tiebreaker against Rochester. We've now lost one against Georgia. Um, You know, winning at home, we need a win at home this Sunday uh, for lots of reasons give us a tiebreaker runs in New England but we need a win and we need to get on a little run here um, so it starts this weekend
0: now following the announcement of uh, Tom Schreiber's injury the timeline kind of put him back uh, possibly as early as the end of the month is there any kind of updated timeline there that you're able to share with everyone
2: Tom's doing well you know I think he's probably a little bit ahead of schedule does that mean he'll play earlier than the original timeline I don't know about that but um, You know, I don't see you're not going to see him here over the next couple weeks against New England. That's for sure. Um, You know, I think the Colorado game was the original target. Could he be back the week before versus Calgary? I hope so, Uh, but only if he's healthy. Um, You know, and and, yeah, we miss him, but you know, other guys got to step it up and get it done here Um, while 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 he is out of the lineup. So. be a nice boost when he does come back but uh, yeah Jamie from uh just you know
1: back to Georgia there for a bit the last two years you played Georgia six times and been on the wrong result five times to me on paper and going into the games I I don't think the matchup is that lopsided as the result has has proven or I, I felt good going into you know some particular games where do you think the difference is in terms of you know the record I guess is it just cleaning up a couple little errors here or there because the games have been that tight
2: yeah i mean uh you know we, we we always talk about we feel like we do match up well with them uh, but you're right we've lost five of the last six games against them so you know maybe we're the ones that need to look in the mirror there and and you know stop saying thinking we match up well against them and do something about it because we haven't matched up well against them in the win column that's for sure um yeah, like little, like we, you know, the game in Georgia, we felt like, you know, we weren't happy. We felt like we threw that away and had lots of opportunities to win it and and kind of pissed it away for lack of a better term, sorry, but, you know, and the, there's always, if it, there'll be that on their their side too, so. You know, you can say, "Yeah, we just need to clean up a few plays," but that the reality is, you just need to win the damn game. Like, you know, put all that aside. They'll have things they want to clean up this and that. You got to win the game, and you know, they've beaten us five of the last six times. So, um, you know, and, and it's a credit to who they are. They're they're much better than their record, and they've you know they've added three legit. Um, you know, all star ish players back over the last couple weeks that we've seen that no one else has really seen here along the way that make their team a lot better. Um, you know, I, I still believe they're the team to beat in the East, and until they're out of the playoffs or eliminated, uh, my opinion won't change. And I've said that from the start of the year, and, and I still believe it. So, um, but it but it's tight. Everything's tight. You know, that's the thing. It's. Uh, Tight, and
1: going back to a bit there, you mentioned the word consistency. It came up a couple times. Seemed to be an important word for you. Uh, my question is, how do you, I guess you can't really? Can you teach consistency, or how do these guys get consistent from the not being consistent? Is it just a, a habit of just do of it, just doing you it, just do it? Day, do every, it. Every either day. do,
2: you know what, KD, <laughs> you can either do it or you can't. Yep. And you know the, I, this is. This is a game, like, we're in this business to win. We're in this business to win championships. I like every every guy downstairs in that locker room on a personal level. I like each and every one of them. But my job, my job as the GM of this team, is to put together a team that can win. And, you know, like, that, that's hot, huge for me. Can you bring it night in, night out? And you know what? If you can't, you know this 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 might not be the place for you because you I you know I, I don't I hate showing up and not knowing what I'm getting you know and that that that's been the most frustrating thing for me like I go there thinking one thing and then you know it goes the complete opposite way and it's like whoa you know like where is that and and that that's you know that's a huge thing you know Your character consistency guys who bring it every night and and, you know, just just consistent, consistent effort, consistent performance. Those, those are big.
0: Now you mentioned, uh, you know, just how this team is put together. Obviously the trade deadline coming up uh, on Monday, March the 19th uh, with things, you know, I think this could be a really interesting trade deadline because I think you've got five teams in the East that are probably all gonna go in as, you know, hopefully trying to add something. Uh, before the end of this season in some way shape or form to maybe separate themselves but then you've got only a nine-team league and you've really only got one team out of the playoffs in Vancouver you know in other sports you have maybe a better opportunity to pick through a few more carcasses if you will um does it make it difficult or even more difficult to make a deal at this time is it even something you're considering right now
2: well no I listen you you know me I'm always my phone's always on, and I'm always listening. If I have an opportunity to make our team better, I'm going to do it, uh, first and foremost. Uh, listen, it's going to be real tough here. Um, yeah, there's probably only one team that's out of it, all teams in East in it. Every team thinks they have a good offense um, You know, in this league, and every team does have a good offense. We're a nine-team league. You know, uh, we have a dispersal, an expansion draft coming up, so that factors into you know, am I going to go out and pay X for a guy that you know I might not be able to protect in an expansion draft and might lose there, or this and that. So there's a lot of factors in it. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of talk because. You know what? That's what the GMs in this league like to do. They like to just talk and hear their own voice. So, you know, there'll be a ton of talk. Will there be a lot of, you know, that I'm saying tons of talk, tons of talk, tons of talk, not a lot of action. That's my prediction. I, I just don't see, you know, most of the, you know, it just, it's not, you know, I think guys are very hesitant to trade picks right now because picks are kind of gold going into an expansion draft and this and that everyone's going to lose some players so I don't want to be giving away pick. like I said even picks to acquire players unless they're you know top high-end guys that you're you're 100% keeping it's really tough and and then you know player for player you know it's all a matter what people think right perception of your players on your team and other players on other teams and and you've got to be able to agree with someone on 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 an evaluation good or bad Uh, I don't I really don't see a a ton happening but um you know there's been some big trades. there's already been some big player big names traded in our league this year you know including ourselves with Steph LeBlanc um you know, I can think of four or five big name players that have already been traded this year. So, I mean, to think that you know, there's more on the way. Um, I, I don't think so. You were you were right last week. You were. You were you, <laughs> I don't know if you were talking heavy or something, but uh, you know, you were bang on saying there was another big one coming. I think that was the big one. I, I don't. I don't see any big name players. Um, being traded before the deadline
0: well we'll see katie's going to be putting his trade bait list together uh-huh. for next this week my so opinion, we'll, we'll see, see. <laughs> <laughs> he's hitting it on the head there last week um also this week coming up sunday afternoon uh charity night for the toronto rock or charity afternoon i guess in this case uh, smile zone foundation uh just don't know if you want to uh talk a little bit about that and the rock's involvement uh with smile zone and and obviously the jersey auction all that kind of great stuff going on sunday afternoon
2: well, well small zones become a great partner of the toronto rock um you know backley constructs scott backley adam graves they, they they started that foundation it's really awesome what they do um they're very involved with us and hands-on and we help them out and it's, it's just a unbelievable partnership for a great cause so um you know we we've continued that relationship with them and i don't, I don't quite honestly i don't see it changing so this year uh, I, I think the jersey's a pretty cool one. We always do an auction, ch- live charity uh, jersey auction and, and design a third jersey. Um, shout out to uh, Braden on the jersey. This year, I, I think it's awesome, 20th anniversary. Um, you know, a little a little respect to uh, Les Bartley and Terry Sanderson on the jersey. Hall uh, retired numbers, Whip and doily on there championships the teams pretty special pretty cool uh, old-school kind of looking Jersey and and I think something that you know people would love to get their hands on so we're hoping that that'll be a big draw and raise a ton of money for them which it always does and we got we got a ton of other little things you know also and I'm sure Kyle mentioned later but with the kid you know buy buy an adult ticket this weekend Kids are getting in free, so we had a good crowd down there on Saturday night. This is Sunday afternoon, kind of start of the March break. Uh, hopefully, we get a big crowd down there. That, you know, I know it didn't work last week, but usually helps the boys out, and they, they do appreciate that. So, um, you know, that's it. Practice tonight. Need to win. Need to get back on track here. Need to get need to get rolling. Now's the time. You know, we're we're past the midway point of the season. Uh, eight games in the regular season left hopefully more to 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 play after that you know you're running out of time to be making excuses you know it's it's time to put up or shut up here and and find out if we're one of these teams that's got a shot to win it here or you know I don't want to even think about the other side of it but or one of the teams on the outside looking in so it's go time here time to time to go
0: lastly before we let you go we didn't even talk, Brody Merrill. Will we? Can we expect to see him back in the lineup on Brody, Sunday? Merrill.
2: Bobblehead Brody Merrill, the Bob- real bobblehead <laughs> Real Brody. I think you. Uh, I'm. I'm very hopeful and optimistic that you will uh, see Brody back in the lineup Sunday. Um, and you know, it was. It, it was close on the weekend, and I know we didn't like to sit out that game, but uh, we thought it felt like it was the right thing to do for him and for the team, and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm real hopeful he'll be back in the lineup this weekend.
0: Okay. Sounds good. All right, Jamie, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll chat again soon. We will. All right. That was Jamie Dowick, owner, president, general manager of the Toronto Rock. We will be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access and Brad Cree in studio with us in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here, along with Toronto Rock defender Brad Cree. Brad, welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks for having me, Mr. Hancock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. Um, so we'll uh, we'll jump right into things here. Saturday night, uh, a tough loss to the Georgia Swarm. Uh, we've dissected it quite a bit here on the podcast, of course, already, but uh, we want to get your take on it. And just, uh, you know, as a defender, I think we've talked to you before about this, how, you know, you kind of as a defender, get in a little bit more of a groove when the offense is going and takes a little bit of pressure off you guys. So, you know, during that 32-and-a-half-minute stretch where the offense was uh, unable to score, uh, what kind of mindset were you in as a defender during that stretch?
3: Yeah, I mean, we can't rely on our offense uh, uh, night in and night out. You know, they've been doing a great job for us all year. Um, Defensively, I think we're just kind of letting up here and there you know we're not playing a full 60 and they're getting you know looks on us where we're caught on our heels um but you know never once really where we're kind of relying on our offense we're we're always a defense first team and uh there's definitely some kinks that uh we got to fix on the back end
0: what about uh you know discipline wise i guess both teams found themselves uh probably taking a few more penalties than they would have liked to in that game
3: yeah, well, I want to say, um, you know, I mean, our offense, I believe, went 0 for 6 in the power play, but I mean, their power play didn't do so well either. So, I mean, it kind of evens up there. But, uh, um, you know, it definitely, it definitely helps when we're when we're going on our power play. But I mean, that's that's the this game. There's going to be times where we can't score on the power play, but we uh, uh, we're usually a pretty good team five on five. So, um, you know, we're not always relying on the power play.
0: Now, I think Kyle might have probably a follow up question to what I'm gonna ask here, but given the uh you know the number of close games that you guys have played with this team in the last couple of years uh the playoff series obviously last spring as well, can we almost say that Georgia might be kind of become maybe this team's biggest rival?
3: yeah, I guess you could say the last uh the year and and so far this year there's just uh we can't seem to get over this hump. There have been some really close games with us. I mean, they're clearly a skilled team. Um, I believe they're going to be uh, the team that we're going to see in the playoffs. Um, it is really close right now in the East, but um, we're, not, uh, we're not forgetting about these games, and uh, you know, they're going to be in the back of our minds and, uh, until playoffs. But uh, you know, we're definitely going to be working towards the playoffs and you know, finding ways where, where we, can, we can definitely beat that team. And just to go off of that,
1: uh, you know, wanted to ask you at what point, dating back to last year, you've played Georgia six times. Um, unfortunately, from our standpoint, they've won five of them. At what point does something like this start to creep into to one's head or the team's head? I know you know we're all prof- you're all professional athletes. You're all great at your craft and what you do. But at what point does I mean th- this creep into your head and does it become a mental thing even and because i get the impression or we get the impression we were talking that if you could snag one win the floodgates might open and you could just you know you could start really feeling confident about yourself
3: yeah well, we've been juggling our lineup a bit um you know the good thing about our team is that we got a lot of depth you know we can we can juggle around and you know put together good lineups you know kind of whoever we have in lineup in the lineup sorry but uh uh, I think once we get a full lineup, um, you know, we haven't, uh, I don't think, met our expectations yet um, so far this year, but we're we are going to be working, uh, you know, well, there's little things that we can fix till playoffs, but um, just finding that right groove and, and chemistry from the back end and, and on offense um, is definitely one thing that we're going to be looking for
1: and now looking ahead you got two two big ones with uh new england you mentioned the east is is where it is tight uh tight as anything right now um you know in lacrosse you play you know every week you can forget about last week pretty quick here and we were also talking you grab a couple wins here the way the east is going you could separate yourself a little bit and put yourself in some good position down the stretch you leading into a stretch drive because of the you know the division opponents and who you're beating so Important to get back on the in the winning track this Sunday, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, ever since I've uh, been in this league, I've I've known since day one how hard it is to win in this league. Um, I know the standings are real close in these. Once again, what is it like? You know, first place with six wins and last place with four, something like that. So you know, every every goal, every shift kind of counts in this league. And um, you know, two wins uh, in the next two weeks can can bump us right up at the top again.
0: Now, I just kind of wanted to circle back uh, a little bit to this past weekend's game and how you mentioned, you know, juggling, juggling the lineup a little bit. And some of that has been because of injury, um, maybe more so than anything else. Um, playing without Brody Merrill on the weekend, uh, you know, you're an older guy now on this team, a, a veteran guy uh going into a game without Brody first of all what's that like and and secondly is that an opportunity where you look at you know possibly stepping into maybe a little bit of a bigger leadership role when when he's not in the lineup
3: yeah uh you know Brode's definitely not a guy we can replace he's our best player but uh it, it actually was nice to see a lot of the older veteran guys kind of take charge you know Robbie Sandy uh Billy all those guys who's uh it's the first time we haven't had our captain in our lineup all year but like I said you know from you know shoot around I I, I kind of noticed that uh, a lot of guys were stepping up and taking charge so that's definitely uh, a positive uh, that I saw
0: Now looking into this weekend like Kyle said uh, you know a big you know match with New England a couple of games on the board um, this is a team that you know, the Rock had a great amount of success against early in the season, a 21-9 win. Is that something that you also kind of look back and draw on and say, you know, this is a team that we have actually handled, you don't want to say somewhat easily, but by the end of the night, you know, a 21-9 score would kind of indicate that?
3: Yeah, I guess you could say uh, it it looks good for us right now, but like this league is so tight, right? They've they've made some adjustments. They uh, just had a big trade too, so... Um, we're not taking anything for granted. We're going to come in with the same mindset, um, but uh, it, it's definitely going to be a must-win for for us this weekend.
1: And you just mentioned uh, the trade there they made. And my question, I was just thinking of while we were talking here, is I know everyone's pl- played against you know individual players a ton, whether it be summer ball in the NLL. But since the last time you played, they've retooled this offense quite a bit uh, with a couple uh, transactions. So how does that make it tougher to kind of prepare for them when? You might know their systems but you've never really played this group offensively
3: yeah well the coaches put a good job uh, uh do a good job giving up the scouting report on, on individuals so um that aspect of it doesn't change much you know we still got our uh kind of paragraphs and uh scouting reports on the players individuals mm-hmm. uh how that team's going to play as, as a five-man unit on offense will be a little different and a little adjustment. But, you know, for for their trade there with uh, getting Callum Crawford, I mean, we have the, you know, it would just be the same scouting report that we had on him when we played him in Buffalo. So, yeah.
0: Now, to shift gears to off the floor, Celebrity Big Brother's over. Um, we kind of went through that with Chow a couple of weeks ago here last week. Is there any show that
3: the house has jumped on here? What are you guys dialed into now? I think Rosie has uh, forty-three or forty-four shows going on right now at the moment. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure what one he's actually on right now, but That's uh, good. <laughs> I think Survivor just started up. I I, yeah. I haven't seen Survivor yet, but I mean, if, if everyone's doing it, yeah, I'll probably hop on board. But it it, it all starts off with uh, you know having good Wi-Fi at the house to stream if you miss an episode and we've been struggling with that there's been a you know a couple devices on uh, on the xbox so you don't really get the best service uh. out there yeah so yeah we'll, we'll start with just getting good good internet service first was anybody
0: into the bachelor at all
3: uh i don't know because i go to bed at a reasonable time and those guys you like drew in them are up till like you know pretty late so i don't know i don't know what they're doing once I go to bed, yeah. you know, I think that's when he gets his alone time, and who knows what he gets up to. <laughs> you think? But I, I wouldn't put it past him.
0: Drew might have been a Bachelor guy. Stays yeah. up late,
3: watches Bachelor while the house is sleeping. Yeah. I mean, I and don't want to say this, but I went on his uh, Google <laughs> history, and I think he was trying to sign up for that show. <laughs> Drew? Drew, yeah. yeah.
0: He might be a few years away from that, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. see. We never know. Yeah. Did they did they do a Bachelor Canada at one point? I feel like they did, maybe. Just ask Drew. <laughs> just ask Drew. <laughs> All right. Well, Bradley Gold is always uh, a pleasure having you in studio with us, and uh, good luck on Sunday afternoon. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Brad Cree, defender with the Toronto Rock. We will be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in just a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access, Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap things up here, but we've got a lot to get through, so settle in, grab yourself a beverage, this might be a little while. Uh, Katie, I know you did some stats digging this week, and you kind of came up with, uh, some may say a bit of a hot take here.
1: Yeah, I did actually, I was just looking at some stuff. Uh, perusing the the interweb surrounding everything that is the National Lacrosse League, and I got on the goalies there, and I just dived into this a little deeper there, and it's mainly pertaining to Kristen Del Bianco. Uh, start of the year, we thought Calgary, you know, season was kind of hanging by by a thread, and until he came in, and not that he's he's saved their season by any means, still a lot to go. Uh, but they look like they're going to be in the playoffs, and I think it all kind of turned around when he did insert himself in. So, just going to throw a couple things out here. He's play- got in 10 games, Christian Del Bianco. He's been the record goalie of six of those. He's ninth in the league in minutes played. So, from that, I would say he's war- enough sample size, if he, you know, to yep. to be in the conversation. Of this is not just uh, a blimp, I guess. He's the only. Goaltender in the league with a GAA of under ten at nine point eight three, and the only goalie with a save percentage above .800 at point uh, eight oh nine. So this got me, you know, the wheels turned, the mice turn in the wheel there, and uh, a <laughs> thought those that that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, you know, so young, that we all know about this guy's uh, potential and what he's done junior and whatnot. But a couple things I wanted to pose was. A, if he keeps up and you know that sample size grows a little bit more, uh, even though it's going to be a, a little ga- little less than you know, let's say the Rosies and the Wards uh, of the the league, is that enough sample size by the end of the year? I think it is to warrant goaltender of the year nomination and or win, as well as those kind of numbers. And Calgary gets in the playoffs, and you know they, they turn their season around. Is would he be in the MVP talks, and the last one I'm not sure about, um, his status as a
0: rookie or not. Um, do I, some- I don't think he is a rookie. I just uh, quickly actually glanced. I mean, he, he had played over 180 minutes, which I think the three or four games seemed to always be the cutoff with the league. It's, it's never been... A real black and white area. I know just personally from having gone through uh determining who's a rookie and who's not a rookie in previous years. But I would have to say, as a goaltender, I do not believe he is a rookie. So, um e- even though for all intents and purposes he kind of should be, still, I think
1: first full year in the yeah. league. So, uh, if he's not technically a you know a rookie, it takes away the rookie of the year. What I was getting at though is this young guy. He's leading. You know, he's having a. A heck of a year so far with what he's put together and uh, I was just going to pose have we ever seen you know or is this potential even possible for you know a goalie of this age to you know be winning goaltender of the year MVP obviously not rookie of the year if he doesn't classify but technically you know it is the first full year in the league and then if you pulled six games from the other top goalies what would those numbers look like for instance dylan ward's best six games would they compare or where would they come in would they come in at under 10 and above point above 800 i don't know but this is just i thought these numbers were were kind of interesting so uh thoughts
0: well cool. maybe that can be some of your homework for next week i is mm. to, to piece together the best six of other uh of other guys but i think you know this was really interesting. I know when you brought it up uh, earlier in the week here in the office, I kind of started thinking, like, well, this is actually pretty good. I mean, it he is a guy that, like you said, their entire season kind of turned, you know, when he went in there and got that win. Unfortunately for us, it was against the Rock. But, you know, his numbers that he have put has put up are quite, quite good. And kind of the comparison that I threw out there was how – We thought through the first two months of last season, you know, Rosie's goals against Average was under 10. His save percentage, I believe, was up in that same neighborhood as well. And, sure, he may have played a couple of extra games. But we kind of said hands down at that point through two months, Rosie was the goalie of the year. Like runaway at that point. No question. And I don't know if we kind of say the same thing right now about Del Bianco, but – when you start to kind of retrace your steps as to where we were last year, it kind of makes you think, well, you right almost have wheelhouse. to say maybe he is the goalie of the year so far.
1: Yeah, that's what I found so interesting because, yeah. you know, he does have a couple less games played, but ninth in minutes, so he's in, you know, if yeah. nine, nine teams, nine yeah. teams <laughs> uh, 18 goalies in the league. Uh, obviously, there's third goalies and whatnot getting action, but he's right in the middle of minutes. Uh yeah, I thought it was a good uh, you know good talking point good you know what do we think kind of conversation now the question would be I guess can is that sustainable from his standpoint is he gonna hit a, you know a bit of a bump in his game here obviously the we, t- we heard Brad Cree talk about how hard this league is um, I, I don't think you know anything goes smoothly from start to finish so that'll be interesting to track. And Calgary as a team obviously has to, you know, continue to, to push here. Even they lost to Saskatchewan, for instance, I'm thinking some of these numbers here, to, and it was 10-6. Great for the numbers of Del Bianco team gets lost. They have to, that's obviously a team effort. They have to, if he gets shelled, you know, Calgary lays an egg one night, he gets shelled those numbers are going to fluctuate a bit. So it's uh, it's obviously a lot on Del Bianco, but uh, on, the, on the Roughnecks as a team. And it'll just be interesting to track. I'd be curious to see at the end of the year what those numbers look like. Uh, and I thought it was pretty, pretty amazing that he was the only goalie you know, to, to lead both and be above, uh, below 10 and above uh, 800.
0: Definitely. So we have now a new segment on the show, the CDB Watch. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, we will, we will I think, circle back to that again next week. I think uh, definitely, like you say, something interesting to follow. But right now we're going to jump into a segment that hasn't been on the show too much recently. But with all these trades going on, we've got to ba- bring back short-term, long-term trades. So it's a list of three guys. And KD is going to tell us who he's going to keep short-term, who he's going to keep long-term, who he maybe wants to build his team around and who he wants to tell pack their bags get out of town so our first trio happens to be well three guys who have been uh, traded this year uh two of them for each other callum crawford sean evans and dan dawson short-term long-term trade Three great players with great
1: resumes. Uh, you know, it's crazy that we're even talking these names that have been dealt mid-season like this. But uh, we'll start from the top here and go uh, the long term. The long term, from from my perspective, I, I would keep Sean Evans. He's the youngest of the group. He, you know, I feel like he has that it factor in a way that can change, you know, a season, a, a game. Or he, he's, he's gritty, he scores goals, He's can be the... The focal of an offense, and uh, you know, I, th- I think he just brings an overall well-rounded game. Uh, short term, I would go, I guess, Callum Crawford. I think right now he has the potential to uh, to have some big games, and uh, you know, he's been a prolific scorer in the league the last couple of years, and uh, I think he could help me out short term. And and mainly just based on on the age, and I think the last couple of years you've seen the point production down a bit. Nothing to against what you know what he's done in. In the game of lacrosse in his career, uh, it's just purely just a numbers and, and short-term long-term trade game here. Uh, Dan Dawson would uh, would be the one that would have to pack his bag, as you said.
0: And when you look at these three names, KD, if we were to have sat here at the start of the season and said that these three guys were going to get traded before the trade deadline, no, you, uh, weeks before the trade deadline, like, Zero chance. You look at going into the season, Dan Dawson's been a you know cornerstone of the Rochester franchise for the last few years. Won two championships there. You have Sean Evans is the captain of what looks like an up-and-coming New England team. And you've got Calum Crawford, a guy who just brought Buffalo just invested in moving one guy in Ryan Banesh, who was a cornerstone of the Buffalo franchise you move him out to acquire a guy that you think is kind of taking over his place so to speak even though lefty righty but still an old guy there's no chance anybody no. was believing you they would all thought you were off your rocker
1: those are t- the kind of takes that would get you escorted out of a rut ri- like,
0: <laughs> re- like those
1: are so ridiculous <laughs> at the time and it's yeah. crazy how they've came to fruition
0: so our next trio of short-term long-term trade all has to do with the Vancouver Stealth Who, you know, in a in a world that exists, say in hockey or in other sports, when you get to a trade deadline and you know there's a team that's out of the playoffs and you think they're in rebuild mode or selling mode or whatever, you know, Vancouver, the Vancouver Stealth would be that team. And unfortunately for the buyers in the league, there really is maybe only one team that could be looked at for sure as a seller, but even then do you want to move any of these guys? But we'll see here. Corey Small, Reese Dutch, and Justin Salt are the three guys that we've got. Short-term, long-term trade.
1: Start. I'll just go down in that order. Uh, Corey Small. Uh, I'm going to go him. Keep him short-term. I think he's a prolific lefty in the league. He uh, obviously had a heck of a year last year. I know Vancouver is struggling this year and you know i i wonder how how easy it is or how tough it is i guess for those guys to get up for games right now you know he maybe you're, you're watching their games right now and saying i didn't really see much from small tonight but i do think he has that skill you could you know if a team brought him in you could catch you know re- rejuvenate him or catch lightning in a bottle here and help the left side for a, a playoff push or even a championship run and i think uh you know, he's a, uh, for instance, we're talking, he's playing out west, but he's from the east. You know, if you kind of get him on an eastern team, maybe that would, uh, you know, bring him home. He, he'd get excited and you could catch uh, some good stuff from Corey Small there. Uh, continuing down the list, Rh- Reese Dutch, uh, process of the numbers again, obviously a, a heck of a player, kind of like Dawson. And in, in the last one, I'm going to have to trade. Reese Dutch, uh, just a purely of the game because it leads into my long-term keeping uh, Justin Salt, uh, youngest guy in the group. And, uh, you know, I think when it comes down to it, we've seen after, you know, the, the Burns trade or some of the other guys on the team this year how important transition defense is in this league and the athleticism needed and kind of the speed. So and I think that coupled with, you know, being the youngest, I would keep him... Uh, him around, keep him around long-term, sorry, and, uh, you know, let him be with the organization for a bit.
0: So that wraps up short-term, long-term trade. And the one name on that list, I feel like, you know, Corey Small seems to be the – could be the real focal point here come trade deadline. But, you know, he's been – this is his fourth season in Vancouver now. He was originally acquired for two first-round picks. Is that the price – Four years later, I don't know, I, or well, three and a half years later, whatever it works out to be. Is that is that the price? Adam Jones went for you know, two firsts in the offseason here. Um, for depends, I guess. I
1: mean, he's worth what someone's willing to give you, first of all. Yep, but if you're going by purely on that, Adam Jones is 28 right now. Yep, Corey Small would have got traded when he was 26, 27 at the time. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. So what I'm get I guess you know, if that's the and you'd probably say those two were probably in that that's in the age of their prime, I guess you would say, right? Once you yep. get over 30, you're So you're two two first in your prime, I think if you're getting a, you know, over 30, that price has to come down a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Or just purely on
0: age. I don't know, but well, I think the like, you know, like we talk about, I think sometimes in lacrosse, generally speaking, since I think a lot of people who are lacrosse fans are also hockey fans and so much of the hockey mentality, just the way hockey and professional hockey works and trade deadlines and all that kind of stuff, we just import that sometimes into this game and I don't think it's quite as easy as that especially for the Vancouver Stealth that, you know, you think they don't have a lot of draft picks coming, you know, in the next few years. So again, it's like you've got these assets that are not, you know, aged out by any means. Do you, but you haven't won with these guys either in the last couple of years. So do you, do you trade? They're at such an interesting time, I feel like, for the franchise and, you know, a guy like Corey Small, who's been up among the league leaders in scoring in the last few years, can you afford to trade him away? Is there anything you're getting back via via the draft or a trade that's going to be as good or better than what you already have? See, and if if I'm
1: Vancouver, and you, when you put it like that, I don't think you can. You lose. You're one in ten with these guys. You trade these guys. Who the heck's going to dress for you next year? You yeah. could be getting, you know, it could be our game in Vancouver every night. Yeah, and not disrespecting them by any means. Their attendance isn't, you know, I'm sure where they would want it. There, they could use some more bums in the seats, like everyone else in the league, of course. But you take away those are the guys that the fans that are there are coming to see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, we talked about the skill level these guys have. Maybe Vancouver. We've seen the goalie carousel go on. Maybe they could go find a goalie. Yeah, like there's more issues than just. And you said Corey Small's thirty. He's not. You know, he's not out of the league yet. There's plenty of guys playing at age thirty and still contributing. Uh, There's. I think there's other issues on that team that's not Corey Small or or Reese Dutch by any means. And you know, maybe the you could go get a supporting cast or. You know, yeah. it's your your management and, and your coaching and your owner could all be on. You know, you got that's all on a, a organization's decisions to to make some moves to kind of better the team. It's not up to I think just because we're last one year. We've seen how quick the this league can change. You know, last year they're in the playoffs. They're this the story of the league. Yeah,
0: and, and now they're not right. So, but I think they will appreciate that you said they only have ten losses because. They have 11. Is it 11 now? now? (laughs) Is it 11? Well, just keep on counting. And I mean, I guess, you know, essentially uh, with an 18 game season now, um, you know, they may be on their way to setting some records here in the futility department, too, if this continues as well, which I'm sure they don't want uh, to go down that road, but still time to. uh, to get some wins on the board, and let's face it, you know the way this league goes from week to week, it's not. You sit there at one and eleven, and you you think you know there aren't that many opportunities left on the table. You've only got six games left for them. Uh, but if they win all six, but still might get in. <laughs> I know it's crazy to think, but how many weeks have we sat here and said? This game's a lock, or, you know, this team, they're down and out. They are done, and boom, you know, uh, Del Bianco comes in and, you know, potentially turns Calgary's season around, a guy to rally around. Like, I don't know if there is that rallying point in Vancouver at this point, but at the same time, you could say maybe it is. Maybe there is something there. Maybe something's going to turn. I feel like they they felt like they had a little one there when Eric Penny came in and got the win. Um but then that, that kind of hasn't really, feels like, like, you know, forever you know yeah, there hasn't been that snowball effect, I guess, that uh, you would have hoped would have happened there. But, you know, you never know. I mean, it's it's still not uh, not impossible. Well, and I think, too, like, from
1: a player's perspective, like I kind of mentioned it earlier, they're coming in 1 at 11. Is, I'd be curious to see what the, the guys coming into the room's mindset is, you know, uh, is it you know, let's get the U-Hauls packed here and let's move on to summer. <laughs> or like let's get through this yeah. kind of thing, or do they are they sitting there seriously saying at one eleven, guys, we have a shot of rallying off six in a row here and really yeah. doing something, which is probably more unrealistic to think.
0: But I think there are some like I mean, just the public comments that we've seen. I mean, Andrew Suter, we talked about this last week about, you know, how he has always I think been perceived as a really good team guy in this league. Um, and he flat out said, you know, like we got to stop making excuses. We just got to win. It kind of goes back to what Jamie said earlier on the show when we talked about consistency. It's like you just, just got to go out and do it. And and I think hopefully there's enough guys still in that Vancouver dressing room that are of that mindset that it's not pack the u-haul time like you said and and maybe it is you know guys every week we've got an opportunity here every week we've still got an opportunity here and and hopefully that's the mindset that they're approaching things i know it's easier said than done especially when you're one and eleven in this league but you do have to start to look around i think at your surroundings and the other teams in the league and say You know, almost why not us, right? Maybe you have to take that mentality of why not us? Why can't it be us? You know, some team's gone on a five-game winning streak or a four-gamer or this, you know, 20-year-old goalie has come out of nowhere, not nowhere necessarily, but still a little bit to say, like, he's suddenly become the star of this team, and that's what they've rallied around. You know, it's you kind of almost have to take the why not us attitude maybe if you're the Vancouver Stealth and a little
1: different in the in the East, you have everyone beating everyone. In the West, the guys that you see the most, it seems there's two teams beating two teams. Yeah, right, which yep. makes it tougher. But I mean, yeah, why why not them?
0: I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll keep with that. Maybe next, maybe the next <laughs> couple. Of Circle weeks, we'll back change. to that. We'll figure out why it wasn't them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we still have to take a quick look ahead to uh, this Saturday's game. We have talked about it a little bit, but. Uh, Maybe we'll, uh, since we've gone a little bit long here with this segment, maybe we'll just get right into uh, prediction time. These two teams play back on January the 27th, and the Toronto Rock were 21-9 winners. It was at Air Canada Centre. So the Rock have yet to uh, go to Mo- Mohegan Sun to play the Black Wolves. That will take place next Friday, March 16th. So back-to-back games involving these two teams, a home-and-home, if you will. But uh, KD, what do you got for a prediction on this one?
1: I haven't really thought about it until right now, to be honest. uh, All right, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead.
0: All right, I'm going to go first this week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be 21-9. to I don't think the gap's going to be that big. But I have to think, and just because this team has answered the bell, I feel like, at various times, maybe this past week wasn't one of those times. I mean, it clearly wasn't, and I think it was – Thought of, but I can't can't see this happening two games in a row at this point now. I think that there's uh, too much pride in that locker room downstairs from where we sit right now uh, on a practice night here as they get ready to hit the floor at the track. But I'm thinking a rock win, obviously, uh, as we tend to predict here regularly. But I'm thinking it is going to be 18-11 Toronto.
1: The offense is really rebounding. The offense <laughs> is really rebounding, yes. <laughs> I'm going to uh, Toronto win. Offense rebounds, not quite as much. I'm, defense and Rosie play solid. 15-10, Toronto. 15-10, says Katie. All right. So there you
0: go. There are our predictions. Now, we have not talked uh, too, too much about ticket stuff, charity game stuff. Uh, a couple of things all note on on the jersey auction side of it and whatnot. Uh, register right now, torontorock.com slash auction. Make sure you are registered for the auction. You must be registered in order to get your wristbands to get down on the floor after the game. So make sure you register. You can register at the game, but to make everybody's lives easier, please register in advance online and pick up your wristbands when you get to the rink. So Triple W or drop the triple W torontorock.com slash auction register get all your info in there and pick up your wristbands all the details are there also buy a mystery autograph ball as we look outside of our studio windows and doors here we see all the balls are all signed up by the guys they'll all be wrapped up you won't know who you'll get $20 will be the price tag it'll get donated to the Smiles Home Foundation and if you wrap, unwrap one of the specially marked balls you will win even more prize stuff Something like that, yes. (laughs) I mean, for 20 bucks, you get an autographed ball, which is great. It's a great deal as it is. But if you uh, get one of the specially marked balls, like I said, more prize stuff. So you'll get your hands on that. And uh, you can make a donation. The cheerleaders will be going around uh, through our Canada Centre. You can make a donation to Smile Zone if that's what you want to support. And you will get uh, an opportunity to win one of the game-worn helmets from the game. On Sunday, and that kind of takes care of most of the charity side of the stuff. KD, ticket side, what's going on?
1: Yeah, as Jamie said, you know, we had a great crowd out last weekend, and we want to, you know, do the same. We've got a great promotion going on uh, through Ticketmaster, online through Ticketmaster, uh, TorontoRock.com slash tickets. We'll, we'll get you there if you can't find it. But basically, kids are free. Sunday afternoon, kids are free. Kids kids game here uh with the purchase of an adult ticket you know bring the get the kid in for free bring the uh bring the family you know mom dad brother and sister no reason not to to get out to this one it's the start of march break we all know you're looking for something to do. The kids are going to be at the house all week. Might as well get them out on Sunday to, to watch the game. So kids are free. As well, if you want to bring a group additional, we've got the six-ticket flex pack, our, our regular office packs, Jack Asker's packs still available. You can call us directly at 416-596-3075 or hop on our website and chat uh, live with with one of our ticket reps in-house who would be more than happy to get you set up but uh kids free this sunday can't emphasize it enough it's a screaming deal no reason to miss out
0: so just make sure when you go on Ticketmaster, make sure you add kids free ticket offer to your uh, selection and just remember not good in the upper bowl or in the captain's corners
1: yeah limited to uh Center, platinum centers, ends, and corners, but uh, still a lot of variety there. A lot of great yep. options.
0: Lots of great seats still available to uh, take advantage of that offer and get the kids down. Uh, we should tease this again next week. Trade deadline special. KD's trade bait list. <laughs> How many guys are going to be on it? Like fifty or sixty? <laughs> That's more than yeah, half I the league. Doubt that. <laughs> Well, Can you imagine if you did a trade bait list of 50 guys? It's like half of the league is, you know, on and the market. After we just
1: finished this show saying there's one team that's trading. Yeah, one team. Yeah. <laughs> there's eight teams so standing there's, past. Yeah, there's so. uh,
0: 20 guys actually on the trade bait list, and they're all on the same team. No, uh, but it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun discussion, I'm sure, next week. What, probably like 10 guys maybe on the list? We could. I could come up with 10, 10 I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Kay. Yeah, we could come up with ten. I'm sure. Well, you
1: never know. You pluck someone off a practice roster, right? Someone's, yeah, you know, garbage is another man's treasure in a way. So, yeah. Just be knows? careful! You're calling garbage. Anything. Well, not gay, not garbage, but you know what I mean. One man's throwaway, <laughs> yeah, is, no, I uh, hear, so, I someone else saying, can yep. finds a gem, or everyone thinks they can, you know, reclamation project here, or maybe in the wasn't in the right
0: environment. So we'll see. Who doesn't love a good reclamation project? God. To be honest with you, like who doesn't? <laughs> if you're a GM or anything in a sport, to to sit there and say like you know to have a guy, that, oh this guy's, you know I've had it with this guy. He's done. He's bad in the room. He's this. He's that. He's the other thing. And it's like ooh, but I know he has yeah. scored 100 points in this league before. <laughs> Let me have a crack at him. Let how, me have a crack at him. Maybe we can turn him back into that guy.
1: How much of a tire pump is it, though, when you're that guy? Who gets, <laughs> right, I'm the one who turned him around oh. as a coacher. I'm the GM who Mask. gave him this chance, right? Your Mask. chest is walking around a little bit oh. stuck out after yeah. that situation.
0: You're fired up, that is for sure. All right, uh, so a little bit of wrap things up, I think, for the pod uh, today. Thanks uh, for sticking around. It was a lengthy final segment, but hopefully you found it entertaining. Uh, Don't forget, you can reach out to us anytime, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, however you want to get a hold of us. Uh, Or, of course, as KD says, jump on the live chat. You might be lucky enough to hit him up in the ticket office. So uh, that'll about wrap things up for this episode of Toronto Rock Total Access. In the meantime, in between time, for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock, saying we'll chat next week. (laughs)